630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Early in the second period, Capitals lead the Islanders 1-0. Also, Devils up 1-0 on the Flyers. Rangers with a 1-0 lead on the Sabres. No score Bruins and Penguins. No score Red Wings and Blue Jackets. All those games early in the second period. Tampa Bay and Chicago, Panthers at Predators just getting underway. And in about half an hour, it's going to be the Hurricanes rolling along at 31-10-7, taking on the Dallas Stars. The Oilers back at it tomorrow. They will be playing the Jets again for the ninth and final time this season. 5.30 face-off show, puck drop at 7 right here on 6.30. Ched, Major League Baseball tonight, Vlad Guerrero Jr. has just hit a grand slam. It's 4-3, Toronto leading the Washington-Montreal Expos Nationals 4-3 in the bottom of the third. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. My name is Reed Wilkins, Inside Sports on 6.30, Chad. And, of course, we are still marveling at Connor McDavid. Guy's the limit. <laughs> I think we talk about him enough. He shows it every night. Very, very, very special player. Down the left wing, pass to Barry in over the blue line. His shot to McDavid, scores! McDavid able to poke it in at the side of the net, and the Oilers are up 2-0. I've been around a long time. There's very few people that you see that can dominate a game like he can. And it's, uh, you know, he does it in a lot of different aspects of the game. He... His speed is, is unbelievable, but his hands and his thinking are, are at another level also. Barry got his stick in there. Dominic Cahoon can get it out. Long pass to McDavid. In over the jet line. Shoots! Scores! Connor McDavid gets it under the pad of Hellebuck, and the Oilers are up 3 nothing. We got lots of confidence, I think. Uh, you know, we've played some good hockey. We've played uh, all types of games. I thought our series against Montreal was kind of hard, hard-nosed, hard-hitting. Um, you know, I thought uh, tonight, obviously, we showed uh, a little bit of a different game. So I think, you know, we're confident, um, you know, as we should be moving forward. Got it to the blue line. It's given away. Here's McDavid, a breakaway. Connor McDavid, he'll shoot. Scores! Hat-trick goal for Connor McDavid. Well, I'm sure there's some players that have played very well, but from from my vantage point, I get to watch him every night, and I know what he does for our team. It would be hard to imagine a player had more impact on their team than Connor has on ours. Uh, yeah, that's a bit of an understatement. McDavid really just having a historic season now with 81 points in 46 games, still has a shot at 100, which I suppose is somewhat of an artificial milestone. I mean, okay, so it's got three digits instead of two, uh, but still would be pretty cool to get there since it's it's quite difficult to do it in an 80 or 82 game season, and he at least has a shot to do it in 56 games, basically two-thirds of a season. Let's let's put a little bit of context to this year. The 1980s were obviously very high scoring. Early 90s, still pretty high scoring. 92-93, a, a high scoring season. And then scoring started to trail off and we got into what we call the dead puck era. It's, you know, it's bounced back at, at times ever since the 04-05 lockout that wiped up the entire season. So Mario Lemieux, incredible player. In 92-93, had 160 points. He only played 60 games that year. You may remember he was uh, dealing with uh, the cancer treatments that year. So he had 160 points in 60 games. That's 2.67 points per game. So since then, 
I looked at the best seasons when it comes to points per game, because that's how we're going to have to compare McDavid's season, given that he's not going to have the opportunity to play this season. So Lemieux in 92-93, I mean, that, that's an insane number to look at, 2.67 points per game. He was almost as productive in 95-96, getting 2.3 points per game. Also in 95-96, his teammate with the Penguins, Yarmir Yager, really good, 1.82 points per game and then you go back into 92 93 pat lafontaine who was an outstanding score had 1.76 points per game so two of those though were in 92 93 so since 93 which was a very high scoring season connor mcdavid is having the third best offensive season when it comes to points per game he is at 1.76 tying what lafontaine did in 92 93 uh, i mean it's it's really remarkable. And okay, whatever. He's playing the same teams over and over again. Sure. But they also know what he's doing. And some teams have done a better job against him. Montreal's done a pretty good job on Connor McDavid. Against the other teams, he's been able to get his points. And if he wasn't playing Ottawa nine times, okay, fine. He'd be playing Ottawa twice and Anaheim four or five times and San Jose four or five times and LA four or five times and Buffalo twice and Detroit twice and on and on we go through other bad teams in the NHL. So what McDavid is, is doing this year is really unprecedented when you look at the last basically 27 years in the national hockey league. I, I mean, Adam Oates had a great year, but that was in 92, 90, a lot of the best seasons of the last 30 years when it comes to points per game are from 92, 93. Um, I mean, then you see Crosby really good in 2010, 2011, 1.61. Gretzky in 93.93-94 had 1.6. So his production is quite frankly historic. And the 1980s were a bit of a different beast. Wayne Gretzky was an absolutely supernatural player who uh, rewrote the record books. And it's funny too, and Rob Brown has made this point, it's it's going to be hard for Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl to set a lot of team records. <laughs> because Gretzky and some of the other guys were so high scoring in that era. But there's just some context in terms of points per game in uh, in what he's been able to accomplish. Oh, Mario had another one in 2000, 2001, my, my mistake, uh, just ahead of McDavid at 1.77. So anyway, that's, that's a, a look at McDavid's production and still has a shot at 100 points for the year. Alex Chason, who bagged his 100th career goal last night, had this to say about McDavid's impact on the team. I think personally a privilege to, to be around him every day. You know, he comes out and you know, some of the highlights last night, some of the highlights we've seen this year, you know, those are just uh, tremendous goals, uh, you know, individual efforts, uh, you know, probably as good as you're going to see uh, in this league. I know I talked about this last week, but I think a lot of people forget, you know, he's our captain. Uh, he does a lot more in the locker room. His work ethic is, is uh, through the roof. Uh, he leads us. I was always the first guy in the gym, uh, you know, getting his work done. He just leads by example, and I think a lot of people forget uh, that about him. And I think as a player, you know, I've been around uh, nine years now, so a guy at young age like he does, like he is, he's figured all that out, and uh, it's just great to see. It's a little bit there from Alex Chason, and that's that. That's what's really interesting about what is going to happen with McDavid. He 
he has just recently turned 24. He's in his sixth year in the National Hockey League. So, okay, you can say by the end of this year, maybe he's done a third of his career. And I, I get the one thing that's going to hang over him and hang over Dreisaitl until they hopefully do it is that they got to win the Stanley Cup. But in terms of their production, their individual prowess, and all those types of things, you can't criticize that. And it's it's a joy to watch. The thing is, in hockey, you, you got to do it in the playoffs. I mean, that kind of hung over Ovechkin until Washington won the Stanley Cup. You've had some other great players uh, not win it. I, I get it. Ultimately, you have to do it in the postseason. The Oilers are headed there this year. We'll see how they do. I, I think they got a shot in the North. I still think the Leafs are the team to beat. I think a uh, matchup between the Oilers and the Jets favors the Oilers. I, I think a matchup between the Canadians and the Oilers, well, I'd be a little more nervous about that one. I actually think the Canadians might be the worst matchup of the other fourteen of the other three teams that are going to make the playoffs. I think Winnipeg would be the best matchup than Toronto, than Montreal, but I think it would all be very close. So really, I, I think that's now the going to be the storyline for McDavid, and, and for Dreisaitl, too, they're going to put up a ton of points. They're going to wow people. They're going to win individual awards. might be harder for Dreisaitl to win as many as McDavid because, you know, they're both doing well this year, but I would think McDavid would get the Hart Trophy. So that's going to be it, is, is how they do in the playoffs and, and how far their teams can go, really, with them carrying them. And, we, you know, I don't want to get too much into the Oilers roster tonight. We know all the, uh, the holes and the downfalls that could bite them once we get to the postseason. But, but uh, Bo McDavid, he is still young, and he is still certainly in the first half of his career. And I, I would say probably kind of wrapping up the first third of his career. And head coach Dave Tippett commented on that today, that he always wants to improve his game. Well, I think his whole game, he continues to try to find ways to improve, and that's that's just a sign of a great player. He's a great player as is, but he's always looking for ways to improve. You know, you just talked about his speed, his hands, but his thought process, and that would be deception included in that, is incredible, the way he sees things on the ice. And that's he's just at another level. You know, the situations he goes in, and he'll buy time to find people that are coming late or have a look and know where they are, and then he concentrates on something else, but he still knows where that person is. It's, it's, that's an incredible ability that he has. We're going to have Kelly Rudy on the show between 6.30 and 7, and uh, I'm going to get him to break down each of McDavid's goals last night from the hat trick, including the one where he paused to look behind him as he was going in on a breakaway. I'm always happy to hear from you. You can follow me on Twitter at Reed Wilkins, R-E-I-D-W-I-L-K-I-N-S. The hotline is 780-496-0063. That is presented by CertainTeed, professional-grade building materials. That is also the number to text. We'll get into uh, a little bit about the Hart Trophy. I, I, something pretty interesting in the in the history of that uh, trophy, and it pertains to a player I already mentioned tonight. That's coming up next. for tuning in tonight. Well, it's always nice to hear from the trolls. 
this person says bets on how many games until the Oilers are out of the playoffs. I'll say they're out in five in round one. Yeah, sure. I'll take that bet. I will. I will take that bet. Uh, write me back. Tell me what you want to bet. So the bet will be if the Oilers lose in uh, five, four games or five games in the in round one, you win the bet. If they lose in six or seven or win the series, I win the bet. I will. I will take that bet uh, from that person. You want to bet a canned ham? I'll, I got lots of canned hams. I'll bet as many as you want. Could you pay up though? If it was like twenty canned hams on the line, I don't think that person could pay up, Kellen. I think that person's talking with canned hams that they can't back up. I was trying to make some coin some kind of a phrase out of that. I don't think there is, they're, but they're trying to they're trying to uh, they're trying to cash canned hams that they they can't they don't have in the bank account. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say. You know why? Because we got all the canned hams. We still have cat hams, right? Your silence is alarming me. We, we haven't given them all away, have we? No, I, I, I think they're still in the uh, secret underground layer here at 630 Chad. So. <laughs> That's good. Uh, the Big L writes in. Hello, Big L. How are you? The Big L says the game is faster now. Goalies and bottom six players are better today, so not sure how one would make such a comparison. But McDavid is clearly on another level in some respects. Gretzky, Lemieux, and Crosby had and have their strengths, but 97's leg speed, hand speed, and hockey smarts are second to none. Well, uh, yeah, that's uh, no one's, and who knows, maybe five, ten years from now, there's going to be someone who tops it, and that'll be fun to watch. I mean, we got Connor Bedard, the kid for the Regina Pats. He's going to play for Canada's U18 team tonight. You know, maybe he's going to be better than McDavid or or, or similar or whatever. Um but in McDavid's speed plus his ability to control the puck when he's going that fast. I mean, Joachim Nygaard beat Connor McDavid just barely in the Oilers' fastest skater competition at their uh, little skills competition about a year and a half ago, which, I mean, it's an informal fun event. But Joachim Nygaard's pretty fast when he can just skate without the puck. But McDavid does it while controlling the puck, which is what separates him from everybody else. Uh, I, I would expect that McDavid's going to win the Hart Trophy. I, I was referencing that season Lemieux had, 160 points in 60 games in 1993. Now, the Hart Trophy voting has changed over the years. But basically, there's been one unanimous winner, and that was Wayne Gretzky in 1982 when he'd scored 92 goals. He got all 63 votes. He won it. In 1993, there were 50 voters, and they ranked players one, two, and three. Now they rank the top five, and they get points depending on, on where they've been slotted. Um, but in 1993, they ranked the top three. Mario Lemieux had 100. I'm just going to say this stat again <laughs> so it, it sinks in. Some of you, you will remember this. Uh, Mario Lemieux had 160 points in 60 games. He was ill for part of the season, so he only got to 60 games. But he got 160 points, 2.67 points per game. He got 49 first-place votes. Like, there was one voter who looked at that and said, ah, I don't think that's the most valuable player in the league. I don't think 2.67 points per game. Uh, is that good? Yeah, he was getting, you know, what was he getting, lymphoma treatment throughout the season? Yeah, I don't know. You should have you found a way to play more games. That, was that the argument? I don't know. It's like, 
Oh, 2.67 points per game. That's not the best season. Uh, what's So in 93, Lemieux got the 49 first-place votes. He got one second-place votes. Doug Gilmore actually finished in second in voting. He did not get a first-place vote. The, the uh, f- other first-place vote went to Pat Lafontaine, who, as I mentioned, had an incredible season. He had 148 points in 84 games. That was one of the years they played 84 games. Uh Mario gets to 160 and 60, and somebody said, no, I'm going to put him second. LaFontaine was more valuable to his team. That's something. Jason said you could bet three packages of hickory smoked bacon against nine canned hams. I say the Oilers will win the Canadian division. That is from Jason. And uh, another texter says, how about this? That guy is trying to count his ham before it's canned. There we go. That's that's much better than I was trying to do off the top of my head. Okay, Kelly Rudy's coming up in the next half hour. It's Inside Sports on Canned Ched. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Late in the second period, Capitals up 1-0 on the Islanders. Devils now leading the Flyers 3-1. It is the Rangers with a 1-0 lead on the Sabres. Boston up 1-0 in Pittsburgh. Krejci has the goal there. Still no score between the Red Wings and the Blue Jackets. Seven minutes left in the first period. Lightning up 2-1 in Chicago. Lightning with only... Four shots on goal. They've scored on two of them. And six minutes left in the first period. Panthers and Predators are tied 1-1. How about this? The Panthers out shooting the Predators 14-2 so far, but it's 1-1. Barkoff and Ellis are the goal scorers. And facing off in a few minutes, it's the Hurricanes and the Stars. The Blue Jays leading the Washington Nationals 6-3. That game now in the top of the fifth. Oilers and Jets tomorrow. Right here on 6.30, Chad, 5.30 for the face-off show. The game will start at 7. And then the Oilers right back at it with a home game against the Calgary Flames on Thursday. That'll also be 5.30 face-off show. Game will begin at 7. We got uh, Leonard writing in. He says, Reed, I'll bet all the canned hams you have. The Oilers will make it to the Stanley Cup final this year. Not sure if they win it this year, but maybe next year. Eagles, Larry says it would be a good idea to put McLeod with Neal and Chase on higher end offense uh, from the line than he is currently on. Well, yeah, Neal hasn't brought a lot this season uh, and he hasn't uh, played a lot. Chase, Chase on gets a lot of his opportunities on the power play, though he did score five on five yesterday. Uh, I like him with Archibald, another fast guy who can get in there and muck it up a little bit. And, you know, Shore isn't bad offensively. What does he got? Five goals. I know a couple have been empty netters, but he's for a depth player. He's, he's okay. Offensively. I would think uh, Joe writes into the show seven, eight, zero, four, nine, six, zero, zero, six, three. Joe says, I agree. We can't win with a player like Dreisaitl on our team. He has no concept of puck management with too many giveaways. McDavid and Oilers fans will suffer the consequences of never winning a cup with Dreisaitl on the team. Too bad the coaches don't teach him defense-first mentality. That is from Joe. Okay, Joe, a couple of things. First of all, I actually never said, so I don't know what, who you're agreeing with, but I never said that the Oilers can't win with Dreisaitl on the team. What I said was that 
for McDavid and Dreisaitl and other players, you know, McKinnon, great players who have yet to win a championship. Often it, it, they need to win a championship for their reputations to truly be elevated. Lemieux went through it. Jordan went through it in basketball. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, he wins a lot in the regular season. Yeah, he gets individual awards. He's got to lead his team to a title. So that's... You know, that that's how that's what I was saying. I wasn't saying that the Oilers can't win with Dreisaitl. As for your criticism of Dreisaitl's game, Joe, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you a secret. I'm gonna and I want this to, I want you to keep this just between you and me if you can. So try to try not to share it anybody. You know, Leon Dreisaitl isn't perfect. But I, I, but the, the secret part of this is that generally, very generally. Teams don't lose because of their best players. You know, there were some years the New England Patriots didn't win the Super Bowl. It probably wasn't Tom Brady's fault. We have probably some years and some games he played better than others. So, you know, Joe, I, I feel like, and I don't, I don't know you, Joe, but I, I, I've seen the other texts you've sent to, to this show over the last few weeks. And every single one of them is focused on Leon Dreisaitl and that you don't think he's, he's very good and that he gives the puck away too much. Well, I, I just wonder if you sit there and, and when you watch a game, you're not really enjoying the game. You're just picking out one player that you dislike and any little mistake that he makes, you're, you're filing away so you can bring it up later as proof to your theory that he's no good. And he's the weak link on the team. You know what? I'm just what I'm trying to help you here, Joe. Like, I wonder if there's a way for you to enjoy watching hockey, and and not just watch it through such you know spiteful, small-minded eyes. That's 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 really all. I, I I'm trying to help you. You know, I'm trying to I'm trying to reach out to you. You know, there are other ways to look at it. Anyway, just. Just some thoughts. I think, yeah, sometimes Leon Dreisaitl looks looks a little frustrated. Sometimes he makes mistakes. Sometimes he makes some pretty good plays. I mean, there, there's a reason that three different NHL coaches, Tippett, Hitchcock, and McClellan, have played him, you know, over 20 minutes a game most nights. Maybe they, maybe they see some strengths that you're not seeing. Maybe they don't just see the, the weaknesses. Maybe they think the good outweighs the bad. So that's what I'm saying. Maybe, maybe, you know, maybe there's a different way for you to view it. Sometimes you got to change your perspective. Eagles Larry writes in and says, Joe needs a hug. Yeah, well, he ain't getting it from me, Larry. We're going to take a quick time out. Kelly Rudy's next. joins us once a week here on Inside Sports. He is powered by Sentinel Storage. Shop Canadian store. Canadian try four weeks free. Visit sentinelstorage.ca. Former NHL goaltender, now an analyst with the NHL on Rogers. It is Kelly Rudy. Kelly, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Reed. And yourself? Well, I'm doing quite well. There is a very, very prominent headline in the Edmonton sports world today. Well, maybe it's the hockey sports world. And that right? is the continued brilliance of uh, of Connor McDavid. I mean, I was re-watching 
the, the highlights today and it's just like, man, oh man, what are we seeing here? That's, that's exactly it. Like it's, it's so fun. I, you know, I'm cheering for him. I hope that he gets a hundred points. I know that I watched his interview. I, I don't know if that was last night or today. And he said, that's not the focus. They just want to be playing good team hockey. Uh, and, and that's great. And that's the proper answer. But for me, I'm just, uh, I want him so badly to get a hundred points in 56 games. Cause I think that'd just be in today's era. I think that'd be such a phenomenal uh, feat and, uh, you know, last year to finish at 97 points and what I think he had 64 games uh, and not to get 100 again. I, I think it just put a, uh, you know, I think it's something everybody's watching in the hockey world. Like, I don't think I'm the only one that's cheering for him to get 100. I think most of the hockey world is. That's how uh, respected he is. Well, yeah, and it's I, I realize from one point of view, it's it's a bit of an artificial plateau right? Because you talked about, it's like how we talk about 50 goals. Well, when Richard did it the first time, 50 goals and 50 games, he only had 50 games. Like that's, that's all he yeah. played. Right. And right. I realize right. it's still an accomplishment, but still the way I look at it, Kelly is in 16, 17, when the Oilers broke the 10 year playoff drought, yeah. David was MVP. He was the scoring leader and he got his 100th point in the last game of the season. So that's that's kind of a good comparison to me. Well, and and I remember that weekend, and I'll tell you why. Uh, I I believe the last game it was on a Saturday or Sunday, and the reason why I remember that is because on our panel, uh, he was at what ninety eight or ninety nine going into that I think game. He was at ninety eight. Yeah. Yeah, and I remember the question was asked of us if he should even play the last game and jeopardize an injury. And I said something like, are you nuts? Like, do you know, do you recognize the importance of getting a hundred points when you're that close? And you know, yeah, if he was at 94, okay, that might be a discussion, right? But when you're at 98 or 98 or 99 points going into the final game of the season, you have a chance to break the hundred point barrier. You you're in the lineup. I don't care. Uh, if the game is completely meaningless. That was an important moment. And uh, I think that was a special moment for McDavid as well, although I don't know if he'd ever share that. But that was, those are certain things that uh, I don't care where a team is in the standings or what's happening. There are certain personal milestones that uh, are very, very important. And as a teammate, you feel so excited for that person you know i've been around many of uh, wayne's uh, records you know, of course he had more with edmonton but with la he still is breaking records and every single time it was uh you're on a uh, real high you're sharing the moment with that person yeah well the players always know the stats rob reminds me of that oh yeah all the time if it's if it's something's approaching right for for sure well i remember and- sorry Sorry, Reed, but we had this one game in L.A. where it was a huge game for us early in the season, and it was an enormous win. But in that game, Yari Curry scored his 500th NHL goal, and I remember Barry Melrose coming in and not saying anything about the game. It was about this is a, a, a really cool moment for us to share in this with Yari getting his 500th uh, goal. Uh, and that was the statement. It wasn't about the game of which should have been more important. It was about that personal journey that we were on with uh, Yari that night. Yeah, that's a great memory for sure. I, and again, wa- re-watching the highlights today. So McDavid scores a rebound goal, the classic get to the net and get the yep. 
goal. Yeah. This I want to ask you though about the second goal because he kind of did that fake half slapper. Right. And beat Hellebuck. And what but watching it again today, I'm thinking, okay, like good shot fake, but it's not as if he had a ton of it's not as if Hellebuck was faked out in the corner and he had yep. the open net. He still had to make a very precise shot with the one he actually executed after the fake. Yeah, so it, it kind of occurred to me when I watched that that uh, I'm trying to recall the last time I saw that move from Connor. And now maybe you could correct me, but that's not something that I see very often. And and so I'm thinking to myself, that's not in the back of uh, the mind of Connor Hellebuck. He's not really expecting that. You know, there are certain things that you you know you watch a lot of hockey, or you're you're given a film to watch from your goalie coach, and you have some sort of expectation of what what might be happening when a guy starts to uh, go through his release and and so on. And to me, it was one that Hellebuck just had no idea that he had that in his repertoire. Now, of course, Hellebuck seen that move you know, 10 million times over the course of his life, but maybe not through McDavid. And I think that that kind of threw him off a little bit. I was, I was kind of thinking he may uh, still go high glove and maybe that's why Hellebuck lifted up just a little bit and that puck was able to slide underneath. But, and then you, you know, since we're on his different goals, I just want to comment on that uh, backhand goal, the first one. That reminded me so much of Wayne Gretzky scoring uh, the first goal of the game in the 93 Conference Finals uh, Game 7 in Toronto. If you look at it, it's a little bit different, but the poise and the patience that uh, McDavid had last night on that, you know, all the just so calm getting on backhand and chipping it over uh hellebuck and then the second goal we're talking about and then lastly who in the world knew what he was going to do on that breakaway uh, <laughs> he was stick stick handling five feet inside the blue line after he looked over his shoulder to see if he had time and you know I, you know, nobody knew what he was going to do. I don't know if he knew. And then when he finally sort of went to the backhand, Hellebuck definitely has to bite on that. And then he comes back calmly on the forehand. And once again, just sort of lifts it over the Hellebuck. Although Hellebuck almost had it. It was very, very close. Well, how many players would even think to look behind them? And it's not as if he just peaked. I mean, he yeah. turned his head he and his turned. shoulders. Yeah. <laughs> I know. And, and how many players seriously would turn that way and then where would the puck go it'd slide harmlessly back through their legs because they, they don't have the ability to stick handle without uh, looking at the puck like mcdavid and you know that's a rare skill that that again reminds me of nick lidstrom one of the you know one of the all-time best ever play and i don't know if he ever looked down at the puck when he was on a slap shot uh, from the point it was just an unbelievable skill kelly rudy joining us tonight on inside sports so a lot of accolades for mcdavid Dreisaitl spoke after the game. Tippett spoke after the game and this afternoon. Alex Chason spoke this afternoon and emphasized, as we've heard before, about McDavid, uh, his off-ice habits, you know, first in the gym, working hard in the gym, being driven to improve. Tyson Berry said, you know, he, he, yeah. he wants to get better every year. You've been in dressing rooms, and you've been on teams where you've been one of the star players, right? Yeah. How... What does that mean? I mean, we use it as kind of a cliche, but I, I want to hear from you. What does it mean when the incredibly skilled players on a team actually also are 
the hardest working, most conscientious guys off the ice. I, like, I want to hear what that does in a locker room. Yeah, I, I think it's, it's you, you can develop that. There's no question you can get better at that. But I think it, to a certain degree, it's kind of how you're born and how you you approach sports and things uh, growing up. Uh, I mean, I can't speak for all those other guys that I played with, but I was extremely driven. And so much so, Reed, I remember playing midget hockey the first year I ever the first and only year I played rep hockey, double uh, A hockey. And I would honestly, when I would lose that year, I would get tears in my eyes after the game. It hurt that badly. And, uh, you know, that might sound odd if 16 or 17 year old kid getting tears in his eyes after losing a hockey game, which is maybe a little bit uh, uh, too critical of myself. But I think to have that drive, you just have to, you know, I mean, my training got better and better and better every single year. And certainly going to New York and seeing those great athletes and the ones that had won four consecutive cups and how they prepare. And so you want to do the same sort of thing and then it's just that drive you want to get better at every little uh, aspect of your game and it's just there's a relentless uh push to be to get the best out of yourself and so that's what we're witnessing with connor mcdavid and you know i would say the same for dry Seidel and and uh you know those two just uh, I, I, I lose words when I th- watch those guys. And I've said, I've, I know I've said this to you before on our show. So some of your listeners are like, can't you come up with something new, Kelly? But you really can't because every night you watch them, it's something different. Like Dreisaitl, that goal he scored on the two-on-one with Nugent Hopkins, uh, you know, you just know that's going in. How many times does a goalie stop that shot? Rarely, right? He might That might be the best release in the game in that, particular shot in that area um and so those two guys they just drive each other kind of like what Gretzky and Messier did long long ago you know they were never satisfied and uh, it's just it's amazing to watch okay so talking about beautiful goals you had a long career in the NHL I want to ask you about I don't know if you want to describe just best and use your own definition of best or prettiest yeah. or best one-on-one move that you would have been on the ice for also i'll leave it i, I mean maybe you don't want to talk about one against you but i'll just say one you were on the ice for in the nhl well there was a goal scored by uh Temu solani his first year when he scored 76 and i don't know which one it was but it would have been around 60 something or 70 something it was late in the season winnipeg's in l.a we're playing and uh there was an extremely hard shot by a defenseman and somehow Tamu was on his forehand to the right uh actually i wasn't in net it was uh or it might have been byron defoe i can't remember because now i'm looking at it and i'm clearly on the bench and he's positioned to the right of byron defoe and somehow this shot is coming two feet maybe wide and somehow he's able to redirect it on the forehand across his body into the glove hand side and it was the most remarkable deflection i've ever seen in my life at that point now i will say this i've seen that now more recently because the players are more skilled and they've practiced that over the years uh i know matthew kachuk is really good at that play but I had never seen it in my life up until that point. And maybe 
that was something that was common or maybe something that Tamo who'd done uh, back in Finland before, but I had never seen it. And I remember looking around on the bench at my teammates and we're all like, you got to be kidding me. Like we had just witnessed something that we had never encountered before. And by the way, that was probably my 10th year in the National Hockey League. So I had seen a lot of goals go in. <laughs> right. That's a great memory. Well, he, he could score a lot of different ways for sure. Yep. All right, Kelly. Well, always a pleasure to have you on the show. There's a lot to talk about. Going to have more to talk about as the playoffs approach. And we look forward to having you on every week, buddy. You got it. Thanks, Reed. Talk to you next week. That's Kelly Rudy, powered by Sentinel Storage. Shop Canadian, store Canadian. Try four weeks free. Visit sentinelstorage.ca. Back after the news and weather. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.